great news for all of my attorney, CPA, doctor, and dentist listeners. Keep your new year on a roll with the best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have with the new pro financial packages from Total Bank, specially designed for attorneys, CPAs, and doctors. You can borrow up to $300,000, including things like lines of credit, term loans, and vehicle loans at great rates and terms, whether you have an established practice or, hey, you're just starting out. With Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour approval. Just call Israel Cruz. 305-476-6370. Get a hold of Israel Cruz at 305-476-6370. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Don't miss out, and you know what? You should apply today. Total Bank, member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. The Miami Science Museum has something new for everyone. Walk among the largest creatures to have ever inhabited the Earth in the Dinosaurs of China exhibit. Enjoy our spectacular planetarium and laser shows and interact with the creatures that live in the renovated Wildlife Center. Also, on our fabulous First Fridays, our MySci FYI Science Lecture Series, and our MySci Professional Mixers. Visit the museum's website, www.miamisci.org. That's miamisci.org. For more info, MySci. It's not the science museum you remember. You gotta be here family Sunday, May 25th, as your Marlins wrap up a series with the Giants at 110. Celebrate Jewish Heritage Day at the ballpark. First 5,000 kids get a Dan Ugla Youth Glove presented by Majestic Athletic. Bring the kids to the strike zone at Gate H early. Family Sunday activities, including Snapshot Sunday and entertainment from Radio Disney. And after the game, kids can run the bases in the Nestle Drumstick Diamond Dash. Call 1-877-MARLINS or visit FloridaMarlins.com. Marlins Baseball, you gotta be here. FIU's Women on the Move Advancing Authentic Leaders Seminar is designed for high-potential women leaders in senior management and executive positions with substantial responsibilities within their organizations. This seminar series will help you become an effective decision-maker, communicate better, and become a more dynamic leader. Develop your personal strengths and go beyond your limitations by attending FIU's Women on the Move Advancing Authentic Leaders Seminar, May 19th through the 22nd. Call 305-FIU-LEAD or email lead at FIU.edu for more information. That's L-E-A-D at F-I-U dot E-D-U. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us for the future. The new Miami International Airport. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. It's South Florida's newest and freshest talk if show. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? <laughs> 
is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, we're back. It's uh, about 5.05 in the afternoon on Friday. We're on the phone right now with Rick Aft out of New Jersey, and we're talking Frank Sinatra. Rick, how are you doing? You still there? Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Listen. So, okay. So we're 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 he's performing down there in in uh, in uh, Atlantic City, and and you and you see him down there, right? That's when you first saw him. Right. That's when I first saw him. Now you want to know when I how I met him? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it was through Skinny D'Amato. Skinny D'Amato. Uh, I kind of hung out at the 500 Club in high school, and you know, it, it, Atlantic City was sort of on its last legs at that point. It was pre-casino Atlantic City, but the 500 Club still was still there, and I got to know Skinny and became friends with him, and I saw him as sort of a figure slash mentor. How old were you? I was in my early 20s at that point. Okay. And uh, he he arranged. Uh, a meeting with Sinatra, with Skinny, Skinny's son and myself went up to New York. Sinatra was playing at, uh, at the Earth Theater on Broadway, and he was there with Ella Fitzgerald and Count Basie. This wow, what a, what a lineup. And he, he arranged for a backstage meeting, and we went backstage, and Sinatra was in the dressing room door, and it was, it was, it was like one of my album covers had come to life. Well, did, did he finally realize that you were the young kid that he winked at and waved at when you were at the first time you saw him? No, there were a lot of glasses of Jack Daniels between those times. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were discussing earlier, you know, they buried him, what, with a bottle of Jack in his golf club? Yeah, and uh, I think some uh, some five dimes because he always uh, said he always carried five dimes in case he had to use the phone. Uh, they always had that in his, in his pocket, I think a pack of, pack of cigarettes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was that was a tough day the day he he uh, he left us. Oh yeah, 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 it was just awful. Um, we we have about what four minutes on the segment left. So let, uh, let's, what's your best memory? What, what do you think? You know, when you think of Frank Sinatra, he just he's just not music. The guy was so multi-talented. First of all, he could dance. He danced with Gene Kelly, and I thought Gene Kelly helped teach him how to do that, right? Yeah, he was he, he, for the for Anchors Away. Anchors yeah, Away, yeah. right? Anchors Away. Well, he was a musical person, so you know he naturally he had rhythm. Basically, anything exactly, and his acting was far from bad too. He was he was a terrific actor. Well, I have to tell you, you know, uh, it's really funny. The the Manchurian Candidate with Denzel Washington was on. I happen to like Denzel Washington a lot, but the original Manchurian Candidate uh, blows it away. Just blows it away. It is so right. much more stunning of a. And Frank Sinatra is so real in that. You know, yeah. the guy was, I mean, he really, he could do anything he could perform. And also the one uh, from Here to Eternity was on a week ago, because AMC has been doing these uh, Frank Sinatra uh, and, and, the, and the Turner movie, uh, Turner movie classics, what? has been doing Frank Sinatra. So I watched From Here to Eternity, and that was his, that, he won, what, did he win the Academy Award for that? Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting, that was his first shot out. Oh. Yeah, he had gone through a bad phase of his career. And uh, Eternity put him back on top. That he signed with Capital. He met Nelson Riddle, and the rest is history. Right. And and um, and, and 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 of all people, you would think who would be broke? Frank. He was broke for a while. He couldn't get a job. And the, what we learned from what I was reading, Ava Gardner. And I don't know if he was still with her at then, but she still she still loved him. You know, she 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 had this thing for Frank, good, bad, or indifferent, because they had incredible fights too. From stand. But um, uh, she also helped him trying to get that role from here to return it, I believe. Yeah, she made some phone calls.
calls. I mean, all that, all that nonsense with the Godfather. And that, nev that never happened. That was fiction. That, that didn't happen. No, no, but it, but it looked good. <laughs> I mean, what a horse. I mean, God, I felt so bad for that horse. You know? <laughs> what a, you know... Frank didn't know some guys that were, you know, on the other side, maybe, but... I'm sure you know, he... Come on. He, skinny? Let me... Then first of all, I want you to know I, I did pay it back, and the thing is okay. I took care of it. <laughs> I want you to be aware of that, because I don't think I'd mess with Skinny, and I don't think I'm going to mess with you. I just want you to know that. But um, so the acting, you know, I mean, what the guy never stopped, did he? I mean, he kept performing. He was in, he went into his 80s. Yeah, he, he stopped performing finally in 1995, and it just got to a point where he, you know, he just had no recollection of the lyrics. He having a problem with, you know, early dementia, and I, you know, the voice wasn't gone, he could still sing, but the lyric retention just wasn't there anymore, it was, it was sad, the last, the last few times I saw him, it was very sad, and I, I was glad that he did stop, because he, it just got to the point where, you know, he just shouldn't have been up there anymore. Well, it's sort of like Paul Newman, about a year and a half ago, finally said, you know what, I'm not acting anymore, no more. Uh, a ghost of what I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and then I want to embarrass myself. And he stopped, you know, and I think that's a, that's a very important thing to do. But Frank's, Frank's legacy is, is all in his music, for me at least. Uh, those recordings will be here forever. You know, for every Madonna and Jessica and Ashley Simpson, the other direct that's out there, Frank's stuff will be here 100 years from now. After you're gone, I'm gone, you know, that music will all be around. All right, we have, you know what, on the time left, we have Linda on the line. Linda, are you on uh, the line right now? Yes. All right, yes, we just I have am. about a minute. Uh, you're on uh, KAT 1360. Go ahead. Uh, when I was out visiting in Palm Springs with someone who was fairly well-connected in the community, they knew Frank Sinatra, and uh, when he was alive, he used to go to the Palm Springs Hospital, and he would go at night when nobody was around, and he would visit all the old-time musicians and who were at the hospital, and many, many, many times he picked up the uh, hospital bill for many of these people. Oh. Yeah. What a nice very, story. He was very yeah, his, his charitable deeds uh, will, will go unrecorded, the things that he did that nobody ever found out about. Yeah, you remember Bella Lugosi, Dracula? But of course. Was a, he was a heroin addict, and he was, he was broke and penniless and sinatra. Bella Lugosi was a heroin addict? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I never knew that. I didn't write that down. <laughs> he was in the hospital, he was dying and had no money in Sinatra, visited him, had flowers sent to his room and picked up all of his medical bills. He must yes. have loved Dracula. Well, why not? He did Who that does? for a lot oh. of the old-time actors and, and uh, uh, musicians. Yeah, he was very good to people. Nobody knew it, though. Did he ever do commercials? Yeah, he really, he was a spokesman for Budweiser. Then he uh, he signed a contract with Iacocca for a dollar a year. Chrysler was having troubles. And he became their pitch person, uh, their pitchman, and uh, brought Chrysler back on its feet. Well, because nobody would mess with Frank. If Frank says, listen, you're going to go out and you're buying a Chrysler, I want yeah, you to do we, that. We had to do it, yeah. And you had to do it because <laughs> That's right. it was Frankie. You know, don't mess with Frank. He's the chairman. You know, exactly. Chairman of the board. Chairman of the board. Well, that is just, you know, God, Linda, thanks for calling. You're welcome. We appreciate you being on 1360 WK. Um... Uh, we have time for maybe one more, you know, part of a song. Sure. What, what would you like to hear, Rick? Uh, how about Blues in the Night? Do you have that one? Good That's luck. my old favorite Sinatra song. Blues in the Night, you got that one? It's on Only the Lonely. 
Capitol album. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and find it. I don't know if we can find that that easily because I did have a couple of other CDs here in the studio, but I don't remember seeing that one. Uh, you know, what about, you know, Summer Wind, to me, was just one of the slickest songs that's out there, used in the Pope of Greenwich Village. You know, yes. it's just a fine, there was a, there's, a, there's a part, there's a sound to, to Frank Sinatra, that, and his whole look, for a, a type of, of people that existed, that really summarizes it, you know? And, and, and you know, if... Uh, it's just never going to happen again. But it, but it did. It was a New York, it was a grit. And, and, and so forth. What's the song we're looking for again? Blues in the Night. Blues in the Blues Night. In the I think yeah, he's having a little trouble finding that one. Of all the songs, we've got a million of them in there. <laughs> but what can I tell you? It's just that there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, Frank, I know. It goes Frank on forever. Lived, oh, he lived a lifestyle that all men aspired to. He had the best-looking women. He wore the best clothes. He traveled first class. Everything he did, he went to the best restaurants. It's my wife. It was, it was a great way to live. It's my wife. You're talking about <laughs> That's Gloria, G-L-O-R-I-A. She likes to travel first class, and she likes to eat in the best restaurants. Can I tell you? But um, all right, we're striking out on that. We're striking out on that, buddy. We can't get that. But we're gonna have. We'll listen to this. That's life. And we'll segue out of that. Rick, I'm gonna give you a quick plug. Your your website is blue dash eyes.com. And what can they get on that? They can learn. They can get paraphernalia about Frank and knowledge and byproducts or what? What can they do on it? We have all the CDs, we have we have memorabilia, we have things that nobody else has. A lot of one of a kind items. So and then they can and they can can they email you through that and contact you? And they can they can order online, they can call me directly. How could they call you? Give us a number. Six zero nine four ninety one seventy three. Say that again. Six zero nine eight zero four. 804-9173. Listen, if you have any Frank Sinatra interest, if you want to know about CDs, you want to know about the music, you're looking for photos, anything that relates to Sinatra, and I know there are a lot of us out there, this is the man. You need to get a hold of him. Rick, I, I want to get back to you one of these days because I happen to love this music. And uh, we're, we'll come back. We're going to revisit again at some point. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rick. Enjoyed it very much, Rich. Thank have you. a great week. Bye-bye. This is just. He's making a statement here, don't you think? I pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. Doesn't that summarize it? Yeah. That's a survival instinct. And you know what? The guy lived it. You know, if you, if you listen to what we're talking about, you know, there was a period of time that Frank was up there, way on top, and he slid down to the bottom. He couldn't get a job. Nobody, no record company would touch him for a while. It's the truth. No record company would touch Frank Sinatra for a while. And then he starts digging himself out of the tunnel, out of the ditch. And the guy puts himself together and reinvents himself. He did it his way. Yeah. So when you listen to this song, this really, he's singing about himself here, man. Right. This is so, I mean, this is... Oh, God. Can I tell Rick you? was fun. Yeah, Rick was a good time, and yeah. I want him to know the check's on the way. I want Because <laughs> Rick sounds... I want to tell you, one, I, one of the boys. I just yeah. want you to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That was good. Hey, listen, we had a buddy call us while we were on the line. We didn't get to him. Yeah, oh, Phil McDonough. Phil McDonough. If Greenwich, you're out Connecticut. There, he's, he's our correspondent from Greenwich, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. I want you to know that, Phil. For there...
found out you called in. Oh my God! Uh, it's you know what? It's great that you're getting so many people that are streaming you now on. Um, uh, 1360 WKAT. Well, yeah, you can you can get us on on uh, 1360wkat.com, or you can go to therichrothmanshow.com, and while you're there, you can click on you know listen to us live. Also, as we just told you yesterday, folks, we were approved on Tuesday by Apple to be podcast on iTunes, and we think that's terrific. That's super. So now we're really going to be global, and yeah, we're very you, concerned about that. You getting all that, Phil? And, uh, Phil, we want you to be aware because we expect reports from Greenwich, Connecticut. We want That's the right. weather report up there for the sailing. We know <laughs> you're going to be out there this weekend sailing. So what's the sailing report, Phil, for things up in Connecticut? Yeah. You know, his kids sail. They're they're young. They're I think they're around 10, 11 years old, See, and they're both it, excellent when sailors. You, when you read be dick to little children they take sailing <laughs> no really they take sailing very seriously oh they do and they don't do well with whaling because that doesn't happen that much in <laughs> connecticut but they take sailing sailing seriously well you and, know bill does he's done the the uh the trip from like newport to bermuda that that race to bermuda he's done that several times so rick's uh, the man phil phil that's right rick's the man. the man and phil's the man but, but rick thinking about the fact that Rick, I felt threatened for a while. I just want you to know that. Because he really didn't have a group, you know, there was no sense of humor in that. He's no. Like, hey, no. so what do you think? Hey, Frank is great. Oh, absolutely. You know? Oh. And, and skinny. So, no, Phil McDonough. Like skinny a lot. We want to thank Phil for calling in. Unfortunately, we didn't get you on the show. If you want to call back, we'd love to talk to you and find out what's going on up there. And we're waiting right now for uh, Jeff to come through uh, on, on the show. We're going to get a hold of Jeff Stover in just a we're, oh, we got him right now. Oh. He's there. Jeff, are you there? Hey, guys. How you doing? Are you listening to... Do you like Frank Sinatra? I did. I loved that piece with Rick. Oh, wasn't that fun? Yeah, that was great. You guys are a prepper of information, let me tell you. Well, we try very hard to bring the most important information to those of South Florida need it the most. And we want to do that. But didn't you get the feeling that, that Rick Apt is like a really a no-nonsense guy? Oh, most definitely. And he knows his stuff. It's really... It brings back so many good memories. That And... and uh, find that with this conversation with me, too, and, and its <laughs> values, I can tell you that. Well, first of all, we want to thank, this is Jeff Stover. Jeff is the president and CEO of Stover and & Associates, uh, and he's a global consultant company on security issues and concerns. He does a lot of high-end private investigations, but just so, we, so the folks out there understand who you are, Jeff, give a, 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 a quick pricey about you and your family so we understand what the Stovers are all about. Well, uh Interestingly enough, um, uh, my father was major in chief of the White House Police. Ah, uh, that's uh, how. Because I said major chief, it's major and chief. It's major and chief, and uh, he he was uh, the commanding officer of the White House Police, um, starting under the Roosevelt administration uh, in the 1940s, and went through Truman, Eisenhower, JFK, and into the Johnson administration. Realized he was with Johnson. Yeah, he was with Johnson and retired in uh, 1967 uh, during the Johnson administration. And uh, I happened to uh, follow in my father's footsteps after graduating from a small college in Emory, Virginia, called Emory and Henry College. I graduated with a degree in, uh, I joke about underwater basket weaving. I was a health and physical education teacher and uh, started teaching uh, for about and realized that uh, back in the uh, early 70s that 
$7,600 a year wouldn't bring you much on the table. So hey, my first salary back in when I when I I had I taught school in upstate New York for a while, which is how I did not wind up in Vietnam. By the way, it wasn't like I was a draft dodger because I didn't do bad things. I go to Canada, but my first salary was 62.50 a year, $6,250 a year. Yeah. Take that divided by 12. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it was 100. Fifty a paycheck. No, Holy know, Christ! And, and to explain that to like my fourteen-year-old daughter is like uh, they, they just they can't figure that out. That's uh, that's kind of tough. But anyway, I I, um, I followed in my father's footsteps and joined uh, the uh, Executive Protective Service back in the early seventies. And uh, from there, it changed names from the Executive Protective Service to the Uniform Division of the Secret Service, and then I transferred over as an agent. 1984 and finished my career in 1998, but I covered, uh, as Nixon went out of office in the early 70s, I covered Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. So my father and I spent more than uh, 50 years in the White House, and we are in the history of the White House, the only father and son team to serve in the Secret Service with uh, 10 uh, consecutive presidents. Oh, my God. Well, let me ask you a question. When, when your dad, let's go back to the 40s. Okay. Where were you living? Where did your dad, where did your folk, where did your parents live when, when you were growing up to do this? Well, my, my dad was born in Elkhart, Indiana. He was a Hoosier. He was born in 1911 and passed away in, in 2002 after 92 years with us. And um, he, uh, he went to Elkhart uh, uh, High School and, and uh, actually attended North Central College and then MIT. And uh, he enlisted in the Air Force uh, in 1932 and uh, spent a, a number of years in Illinois and then in, uh, finished up in Bowling Field in, in, in Washington, as I can recall. So he flew in the 30s? He flew in the 30s. So he must have been a wild guy. I'm it sorry, was, but you had to be wild to fly planes in the 30s. Well, interestingly enough, when, when I saw you, Rich, you know, I, I was on my Harley. My dad used to ride an old Indian. Uh, I know what that is. My know dad that had is. an Indian. An Indian. Okay. What, a, so, what a touch of Americana. Yeah, so we're going with some of the uh, you know the homegrown motorcycles that that uh, well, you know there's a movie out love. wait a minute wait a minute there's a movie out with Anthony Hopkins the, the world the fastest Indian yeah that's right that's right you know when he when he when he sets a red it's a true story he set a record in the uh, in the salt flats that's exactly right I know that okay oh, go ahead it's well, a great uh, flick yeah yeah and go ahead my dad joined the uh, the Metropolitan Police in Washington D.C. and I think it was 1936 and he was assigned to uh, special investigation squad and during that time um, I guess it was in the 40s the Metropolitan Police was asked to provide people to staff the uh, White House Police and in 1940 my dad transferred to the White House Police and then sometime during the 40s he was pulled to uh, to serve in the Navy uh, during that time period uh, fighting in World War II and then he came back to the in 1946. I'm just curious, what theater of action did he serve in? Well, he was uh, he was actually in the shore patrol with the Navy. Uh huh. Uh, but I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, what action he saw, Rich. Okay. Uh, in, in just in curious, just period. curious. I've been watching the series on the military channel on um, you know, basically Hell in the Pacific. And um, and my wife's uh, father won two Purple Hearts, one on Iwo wow. Jima.
down in some other horrible island well, uh, over there. The, oh, the guy was crazy. He was an incredible hero for the. Yeah. He was a marine. Just that wanted was, to mention that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that. Got to throw that in. Those are true heroes, buddy. Yep. And, and uh, best best human beings, best Americans ever. And uh, you're right. You're exactly right. And in the um, in the late fifties. Um, my dad was selected as uh, the commanding officer of the White House Police, which is, as we for, we referred to as the uh, major of the White House Police. Now, interestingly enough, my father is the only in the history of the Secret Service, the only person to be promoted from sergeant to major in chief of the White House Police. The reason uh, that was 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 back in the in the fifties, uh, is that when uh, people were promoted into positions within the White House police. It was by congressional order. It wasn't by how long you've been there or you know your seniority or anything. By congressional order to become uh, commander in chief. And my dad was one of the only applicants that had a degree from uh, North Central and MIT. So that's why he was selected uh, and, and moved from sergeant to to major in chief. But. You know, my my dad, as we we spoke, you know, he served again, uh, you know, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, and Johnson. But, you know, during during some of the stories that my dad would tell me about, which he uh, these stories, which he took to his grave. But uh, some of the neat stuff that uh, uh, or shocking things that happened with my pop uh, while he was there was uh, he was at the White House when FDR passed away in 1945. He was at the White House when. when let me let me stop there for a second. Let me ask you a question. Out of all the presidents that your dad protected, and then we're going to go to you in a minute. Um, what, who was his favorite? Who was the one that he actually adored the most? Did he have one that he really cared for the most? I, I think that there was actually two that he spoke of more than anybody else, and and uh, one was Eisenhower, and the other one was Kennedy. And um, you know, Kennedy gave my dad the nickname Smokey. Uh, for Smokey Stover, and, and I think we spoke of this. That's the cartoon uh, from the, the uh, old, 40s and 50s. Exactly, the old cartoon that used to be in the in the Washington Post called uh, Smokey Stover. So, right, a little fire um, thing. Jay decided that you know he he would just nickname my dad Smokey, and uh, back when my dad was uh, a commanding officer, his office was in the east wing of the White House, which is no longer the the commanding officers within the the Secret Service and all are are in other buildings. They're not within the White House. But uh, my dad actually had a red phone in his office, and when uh, the phone would ring, uh, for instance, it would be JFK, and he would go, Smokey, get in here. And then my dad would leave in the White House and, and walk through the White House over into the West Wing. and, and Walk quickly, with, probably. Very quickly. Yeah, I, I, think. I think he had to resole his shoes a number of times yeah. from as quickly as he was walking. But uh, it, it was quite an honor to be able to follow in my dad's footsteps. And, and my favorite was uh, Bush 41. And, um, you know, for your listeners, uh, and I'm sure that Republicans aren't uh, uh, at the top of everyone's list, but I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Republican. And, and, uh, Everyone knows I'm a Republican, and my friends tell me I'm too conservative. Well, that, you know, they, they say the same thing with me. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. But uh, the, the Bush family really treated the Secret Service detail as though we were family. And when we were away from our families and loved ones and, and on extended trips overseas or, or even in Kenny Bunkport, um, it, it, it wasn't a rarity for, for Barbara and, and, and George two dogs, the uh, Millie and Ranger, the two Springer Spaniels, for them to come 
and sit and, and actually turn to you and go, you know what, guys, Barbara and I want to thank you from the bottom of our heart. We know you're away from your families and you could be with them on this holiday, but you're with us and we want to thank you for it. Let me tell you, that, that goes so far when you're doing personal protection. When, when you were doing that, when you, when you protect them like a Kenny Bunkport, do you stay there with them? I mean, do you stay somewhere in that house or do you have to stay up? No, we, we actually, we, we covered the residence, but we didn't stay within the residence. We, we stayed in a, in a surrounding area and, and worked shift work like, like normal, uh, police officers would do and, uh, covered three tricks of duty, but, uh, it, it's a, it's a very demanding um, job because you're just, you know, you, you can't even stay home to watch your grass grow. I mean, you're you're gone so much that it's uh, it's really trying on on your spouse, and that, that really says a lot for that person that's going to have to put up with you doing the kind of work that you're doing. Well, listen, hang on there for a second because we're we're coming up on a break right now at the bottom of the hour. You got it. And we have to go do this or I'm in big trouble. Okay, buddy. So hang in there. Hang in there, Smokey. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right here. All right. This is Rothman. We're on 1360 WKAT. Don't go anywhere. We've got some great stories coming for you. was my heart, so why not take all of in today's volatile investing environment, you need a valued and trusted partner who can build and sustain your financial security. You have that partner in the investment firm of Investor Solutions. Named on Bloomberg's list of top wealth managers and by Barron's as one of the top 100 best independent financial advisors in the country, Investor Solutions specializes in wealth management along with the full range of retirement planning and fiduciary services for high net worth individuals and their families, charitable foundations and organizations business firms, trust endowments, and other institutional entities. Call at 800-508-8500 now for a no-obligation, honest, professional assessment of your current portfolio. That's 1-800-508-8500 or go to InvestorSolutions.com for more information. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizza. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth. If you'd like to advance your HR career, then the Essentials of Human Resources Management Program at Florida International University is where you need to be from May 5th to June 9th. This program provides a complete overview of human resources issues and responsibilities by teaching you how to apply best practices to daily HR operations. FIU's Essentials of Human Resources Management Program was developed.
under an exclusive partnership arrangement with SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management, along with exclusive input from leading HR experts, HR practitioners, and legal counsel. In fact, no other HR Fundamentals program offers more relevant content or this degree of quality assurance. To enroll in FIU's Essentials of Human Resources Management starting May 5th through June 9th, call 305-388-4217 for all the details and registration. The Miami Science Museum has something new for everyone. Walk among the largest creatures to have ever inhabited the Earth in the Dinosaurs of China exhibit. Enjoy our spectacular planetarium and laser shows and interact with the creatures that live in the renovated Wildlife Center. Also, don't miss out on our fabulous First Fridays, our MySci FYI Science Lecture Series, and our MySci Professional Mixers. Visit the museum's website, www.miamisci.org. MiamiSCI.org. For more info, MySci. It's not the science museum you remember. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinga, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinga School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinga's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinga School of Business is the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks Certified. Day Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ Tax Service. Located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. It had to be you. We're back. This is Rich Rothman, and that's Frank Sinatra. And this is an old version. i got to tell you that. But you know what? It still works. But... We have a young version. We have Jess Stover on the line right now. Jeff, you there? Sure am. All right. Jess Stover is on 1360 WKAT on the Rich Rothman Show. We're talking guarding presidents. We're talking about his father and himself, the only father-son team in the history of the United States who protected presidents. So let's go back. We were discussing, and you just left off with Bush, uh, 40, uh, 41 Bush. And out of all of that, you said you, th you thought Bush was the best for you. But I want to ask you a question. What's your best recollection, having been your father, uh, having your father rather, in the White House with these very powerful people? Do you remember going to the White House with your father and meeting some of these people or kind of being a fly in the wall, seeing what's going on? You know, it, it's funny that you ask that, Rich. There, there was a story that uh, my dad tells of me when, when uh, I was very young before my, my dad actually retired. I think I was four years old, but uh, it was still during the Johnson administration, but, you know, LBJ had these very large 
earlobes, if you remember. He had he had huge ears. I think I saw and part of his abdomen one day too. <laughs> I mean, I knew, really, he showed his abdomen and uh, that's right. He had it when he had his he had hernia surgery or but something. But he did have huge ears. He had big ears, big ears. Well, it was Texas. Everything was big in Texas. Yeah, he, was, he was a big Texan and he loved beagles. Remember, he yeah, had right. held the ears. Beagles all through the White House. Well, anyway, my dad. Again, when his office was in the east wing of the White House, um, I would come visit my pop. And, and on one of these occasions, LBJ was on the south grounds of the White House with his with his dogs. And my dad uh, walked me outside, and, and there was a contingency of Secret Service agents and, and of course, White House police and, and the... Uh, the folks that uh, the curator's office and everybody else that was involved in the White House uh, watching these beagles run around the south grounds. Well, I happened to, to go over and, and was sitting on the grass with, with one of these dogs, and according to my dad now, and, and uh, you know, in my age now I have serious signs of senility, but according to my dad, uh, he indicated to me that LBJ came over when I was petting one of these beagles and grabbed me by the earlobe and was kind of like pulling on my ear and um and he was he was calling my dad Smokey. he said Smokey, this is this is your son and and when lbj grabbed my ear of course i slapped his hand and, and <laughs> that everybody everybody that was there was laughing and and lbj said something to the effect of oh he must be a republican or he must be something just really funny off the wall kind of thing that uh... that that we remember but my top my pop tells me that you know i started with my uh... presidential uh... uh serving and and touch since back when i was like three and a half years old on the south grounds with lbj that's terrific yeah that's absolutely terrific now i want let's 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 talk how do you how did you how does somebody become a secret service agent i mean that's not like hey I'm going to go down and apply. I mean, how, how does that happen? That's because that's got to be the vetting process. I would think for a Secret Service agent has to be incredible. No? Yeah, it it, it is, Rich, and it, it it's very interesting. But the the Secret Service agents and and also the Uniform Division of the Secret Service, who covers the White House, the old Executive Office Building, the new Executive Office Building, and 120 chanceries and embassies we have in Washington D.C. Um, we're a, a rather small group uh, compared to, let's say, the FBI. For instance, the Secret Service, the, the agents, there's probably 35 to 3,900 uh, Secret Service as compared to 13 or 14,000 FBI agents. Um, the Uniform Division, uh, again, covers the, the Washington, D.C. area and also travels with the, the president and, and vice president and first ladies. But the, the vetting process is, is um, extremely difficult, similar to uh, the FBI, except uh, we go through about an 18-week uh, academy of uh, only physical training, defensive measures, shooting, but a lot of psychological understanding laws, uh, diplomacy. There's, there's so much involved in, in what we get involved in that, you know, one day you're, you're standing next to the, the most powerful man in the United States, the president, and the next day you're investigating uh, all the, the obligations and, and securities of the Treasury Department and out, uh, you know, uh, presenting cases the assistant u.s. attorney's office for prosecution the the secret service is very unique because out of at least my twenty-year career uh... ten years of of that is served in 
in protection, whether that's presidential protection, vice, president, vice presidential protection, or, or even foreign dignitary protection. And the other 10, 10 years, you're involved in doing criminal investigations. And um, it's a very unique um, job because when you're not doing protection, you're doing criminal investigations. So the, the background of someone, not only psychologically, but uh, physically, their, their physical attributes, uh, what they can bring to the table from snow skiing to water skiing to swimming, all of those things are so important because the presidents these days do so much and so many different things that an agent has to be able to do just about everything. Let me ask you, I, I have to ask you this, because I just happened to watch In the Line of Fire. It was on the other night, and I knew that you were going to be on, and I was looking for you in the film, and you were very well disguised because I couldn't find you. <laughs> I, I wasn't in the film. No, no, I, I, no, Lauren told me you were in the film. I'm looking for this guy, you know, and, well, and, and Lauren never fibs. She always tells me the truth. She is, let me tell you, she is a, <laughs> she is a handful. No, wait a minute, don't go there, don't go there. She'll hate me. Don't do that. We, we all all look alike if you if you'll notice i mean we're all uh most of the agents are fairly tall i mean i'm six four two fifty five but uh most of the guys are are, are pretty I'm telling tall. you we, it's russell crow we, <laughs> my wife saw you she said this guy's russell crow <laughs> but uh it's uh it's one of those things where uh now the secret service has branched out we have uh many many uh different nationalities uh, uh we have uh, women who have uh, taken to the forces and uh, are performing side by side with, you know, agents that that are of my size and some are even bigger. So, you know, it, it's not about size; it's about being able to use your head and make the right decisions and and doing the the proper advances to to make sure that you're protecting if that's what you're doing. All right, let me ask you this question. I got to ask you this question. Go ahead. What was this thing about running outside? next to the car when the president was going somewhere. Why would they run next to the car? I don't understand that. Well, one of the reasons that they, the, the running portion is is that if, in fact, uh, you have an attack that comes from either side of the limo. Now, of course, we, we know that the, the limo is heavily armored, but they want to make sure that, that no one is allowed to get to the driver uh, or portions of the limo to place any kind of explosives or IED next to it. And also, if something happens with the limo, it, it, um, let's say for, for some unknown reason the car quits, now all of a sudden the agents would have to move that protectee to a secondary limo and take him out. That's why the agents are, are, are there. They they stay within earshot and eyeshot of that protectee no matter where he is. So so you guys go through a lot of rubber sole shoes. Uh, we we definitely go through a lot. Of, not only you know tennis shoes, but I mean uh, I've gone through my combat and military boots and tactical boots in in my career. Uh, you know, I was part of a, a group called the Counter Assault Team, which is the only heavy weapons group that the Secret Service has. Uh, we carried M16A2, MP5s, and, and SIGs were our sidearm. But we trained with Delta, and, and uh, we had um, what they called uh, simulated AOPs, attack on a principle, where we had Red Cell, uh, SEAL Team 6, a, a lot of military groups who are for real to do this every day. We we were like a professional football team that never had to get into a game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Now, all right, now, I want to, all that knowledge that we just got, mm -hmm. and we have, we have about, what, 
12 minutes or so left, maybe a little bit less. You currently, now you re, you retired at, at age 20. I mean, you retired very young. Right. So you're still active. Well, I retired at age uh, 42. Right, which is very young because I'm... I feel old. Right. We we had a 20-year uh, retirement, which is uh, Good. no longer uh, in effect. And um, I actually, uh, uh, my my wife Lauren gave me a weekend off when I retired, and I I had uh, retired on a Friday and started back with the FAA, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, on a Monday, and uh, was breaking into airports and teaching airports how to secure airports back. Uh, in the in the, the, the 1999 2000 back in through there and then of course uh, the FAA turned into the TSA uh, post 911 uh, I happened to be the interim federal security director of Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport when we shut down all the uh, the airspace and grounded all the planes. So let me ask you a question. When that occurred, when 911 occurred, you were you were then at the airport working up in uh... Well, I was I was actually a supervisor with the uh, FAA, and I was working out of Miami. Okay, what's your what's your your recollection of where you were when you found out? What went through your mind, and what were you told? We, uh, I was at work actually working on some regulatory cases uh, with some air carriers at a Miami International Airport, and uh, our uh, our supervisor by the name of Brian Chevalier uh, came over. Speaker and said he wanted everybody in his office, and we came into his office, and we had just seen after the first plane had hit, uh, uh, I guess it was the East Tower, and uh, we were watching it and trying to figure out what was going to happen with the FAA based on this this uh, uh, civil uh, accident that had happened with a plane. We, you know, we had no idea that it was terrorism until the the second plane hit it, and then. Uh, the FAA went into a uh, teleconference. We were in a big um, conference room talking about what we were going to do and um, the order that came out uh, to, to ground all the aircraft. And we were dispersed to different airports, and that's when I, I went from Miami to Fort Lauderdale and took over as the interim federal security director and uh, tried to calm everything down and, and uh, get everybody so we were all on the same sheet of music. So how long, how long, Jeff, did it take for the powers that might be to realize that we were under attack? Um, I, I'm going to say that it was within. Um, I was going to. I'm going to say it was within hours after the first plane hit, and then the second plane hit, and then uh, the FAA was, you know, Miami Control and some of the uh, uh, the control centers were were talking about uh, radio traffic that they had heard from the pilot. And planes that were changing direction, and and you know, of of course, the the brave pilots and and the people that we lost, not only in the planes, but but in New York and in the Twin Towers and and surrounding buildings, uh, it, it was definitely uh, it was definitely an eye opener that uh, this was brought home to to us as opposed to us seeing it in foreign countries. So now we flash forward, and and uh, you do work, and I, I realize a lot of this is. And we're not. And if it is, just you know, we'll back off, of you course. But you you do work now with uh, the government, or you do work with private corporations on counterterrorism. I I was uh, before I retired from the Secret Service. Um, I had the honor of being the Secret Service representative for the Joint Terrorist Task Force here in in South Florida. 
Um, we investigated a number of subcells here uh, of synthetic uh, uh, groups uh, such as Hezbollah, Hamas, and, and ETA. Um, there, uh, for your listeners to realize, uh, a, a lot of people have short memories, especially after 9-11, but uh, we do have people that are sympathetic to uh, terrorist organizations that live among us, uh, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in a, an adjoining community. Um, these people are here. Uh, they've been here prior to 9-11. Uh, they, um, they have legitimate jobs and families, and they gather monies to send to support um, their cause. And uh, we have been extremely lucky that uh, we have not had, at least in my opinion, a suicide attack here in the United States. But um, from my own opinion, and, and some may disagree, I think it's more difficult for these subcells to replace those people who are embedded in our society today uh, than it would be if, if some of those people became suicide bombers and started attacking. It would be difficult to replace what they have done and what they've established so far, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, so they're here. I mean, yeah. we have people here that want to hurt us. And I think what people forget, and, and I know we had this conversation a few days ago, people have to understand there is real evil in the world. There are people out there who embrace evil and want to hurt us. And, and if it wasn't for the diligence of folks such as yourself and those who are still working in the government right now, you know, we probably would have an attack on them. I think it's remarkable. And I was listening to, you know, Obama, we were talking an hour and a half ago about Obama's speech today. He gave a speech and he commented on, on, um, on uh, uh, President Bush's comments in the Knesset yesterday when he said, do not forget history, that we do not deal, we do not appease uh, terror groups. We don't negotiate, don't talk to terror groups. And the point is that we have not had an attack since 9-11, at least none that we know of yet. We, we have a lot of threat, I'm sure. There are a lot of threats out there, aren't there? Well, there, there's, a, there's a lot of probing going on there there's a lot of of people doing surveillance counter surveillance and and looking at um, our airports uh, our our uh, our planes, uh, our mass transit systems uh, you know there there is so much going on and and even though I've retired from the government there there are a lot of people such as myself that are still part of uh, gathering intelligence, uh, working with those legitimate groups that, uh, that are authorized by the U.S. Attorney's Office and the government to conduct investigations to where we still are providing and helping, uh, those agencies. And, and look, it, it doesn't have to be someone like myself that's former law enforcement. It can be anybody. I mean, just, if people would just look around them, themselves, on a daily occurrence, and if they would watch uh, those things that, that happen around them, uh, those things that their spider senses go off and, and they, they're looking at, you know, individuals that possibly are sitting in a car and, and are, are, are taking pictures or, or are, uh, sitting at a gas station. It, you know, there, there's, there's a number of, of types of terrorism and I think a lot of us sometimes forget that, you know, we, we mainly talk about international terrorism. But we have so much domestic terrorism here, from uh, MS-13, from different gangs, from white supremacy groups, from uh, you name it. I mean, they're here. They want to disrupt the government. They're they're not happy with what the government 
done. They're not happy with our society, and as our economy gets worse, the the more you're going to see these types of people coming out, and and the more crime that you're going to see because the the economy is is tough right now, and the gas prices are high, and it affects everybody. So, but, so you're saying that we all know and gang warfare. We had we had um, Jeff Atwater on, uh, who's the uh, the incoming president of the Senate in Florida, on the uh, phone a few weeks ago or about ago, and uh, he said gang gang warfare in the state of Florida is pretty bad. And it's a growing problem. Obviously, it's a horrendous problem in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles County. I mean, it looks horrible there. Well, there, there's a huge recruiting effort with these groups uh, in in our high schools, with our, our young people today, in grabbing people that maybe come from broken homes or, or don't have uh, much oversight, um, maybe... Uh, and I know, Rich, when you grew up and when I grew up, I mean, my dad taking a belt to me or, or, or doing whatever he had to do to make sure that, that you know, I got the message, it, it just wasn't, it, you know, we didn't think anything about it. That that was just, okay, well, I, I got whacked on the rear end, and, okay, I, I'm okay with it. Now it's it's child abuse, or, or now we, we, we're not what our children are doing. I've, I've got a 14-year-old daughter, and, and it, I really worry about what happens with her and her future unless we, as our generation, the baby boomers, do something to correct some of these problems that we've got going on right now. And, and that's why I do what I do, Rich. All right. And one final thing. So we have two minutes left. The, the gangs, are the gangs, the domestic gangs, are, are they hooking up with, the, with these these fundamentalist crazies that are out there is there is there must be a synergy between the two of them there is in in some cases and and i'm sure we we could talk at length about our borders and and the porousness of our our borders but yes the drug gangs are, are bringing undocumented people uh not only aliens and and with immigration problems through some of these borders either in canada or or, or mexico or, or you name it but we also have the uh the uh, the Al Qaeda subcells, the the uh, the folks that are looking to be uh, brought on and into the United States undocumented uh, with some of these groups that are doing that, and you know these international terrorist groups have plenty of money, so they sure pay these guys uh, pretty hefty fees to have that done. So it's a dangerous world. It sure is, and we need to be vigilant, Rich. Yeah, and so I don't really care about certain. I mean upset when I have to wait forever, and I know Lauren gets us at the airport because she's responsible for this a lot. And and you got to plan ahead, and you know I think it's gotten an awful lot better than it was when this when the attacks first occurred, and all of a sudden you had these incredible you know pileups at the airport waiting to go through security. I really don't see that even in the worst case scenario at Fort Lauderdale. Um, uh, I don't see it flying out of um, Miami. I don't see it the way it was. Ago. So I guess whatever you guys are doing, you've done a really good job because you know what? We've not been hurt since. So on for that point of view, we so thank you, Jeff, for being the Jeff Stover, being the Smokey Stover for a second generation of Stovers that are out there protecting us. And uh, and I want to thank you because we're running out of time. I want to thank you, Jeff, so much for coming on the show today and giving us a chance to understand the nature of the people that are out there and how good the folks are such as yourself.
who are protecting us. So when we put our heads down to sleep at night, we know we're going to be safe. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome, Rich, and I'm real proud of your program, and I hope your listeners enjoyed this. Thank you so much. We'll talk later. Take okay, care. Bye-bye. All right, God bless. Bye. Hey, that was a terrific. That was terrific. That was, and I, I didn't know that uh, uh, Lauren was uh, his wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. they're, what a nice couple. Oh, they're, they're, just, they're terrific. This guy, is, oh, my God, I want to get back with him. You want to talk about think, Wanda? Airport security. <laughs> I want to talk some more. Oh, uh, really? No, that, I know. That was, he's like I a kid in the candy store. We are so lucky. I, I just I just want you folks to know that I feel so honored that I'm able to do this for you every week and bring, bring these people to you so you can understand what's going on out there. It just makes your life a little bit more technical. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank you for letting me be join you today. I had a great time. No, it was and, good to have you. And you, you know what, Wanda? With Happy birthday. Thank it was you. a pleasure Don't to be here. Everybody wish Happy birthday. Open up your windows. Shout out. Happy birthday, Wanda, 995. Can you hear the chorus? I can hear them now. Thank you. I can hear them now. That's anyway, so listen, we thank you so much for coming. We've got some great stuff coming up, more technology. we got the Asbury Report starting next week with Neil Asbury. I'll tell you all about that. That's going to be, I think, Friday. Jeff Zabar is continuing with the Tech Report. The Zabar Report will be on Thursdays. Uh, we have travel stuff coming up, and we're going to say goodbye. All have a great weekend. See you next week. Bye. When I fit on, we'll be back next week, Thursday and Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. For more of the good. I'll be wherever you want me to be. The bad. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. The business. Why can't I worship the Lord in my own way? This is the Rich Rothman Show. I'm praying like hell on my deathbed. On 1360 WKAT. Oh.